and you know what that means, it's fringe time. You know, when people think of the Perth Fringe Festival, they usually think of big raves, beer, sweat, and some belly laughs. But this year, at the Fairground Ibis Hotel, there is going to be a family-friendly show. That's right, you heard me. And this show is bringing a wonderful, fun, and environmentally friendly message to an audience. It's called Paddy the Pig Story and Song Show, and I'm joined by Serena Chalka, uh, Paddy the Pig's choreographer, and the show's writer, Michael A. Caruso. Now, sadly, Paddy the Pig couldn't join us today. She had a lot of chores on the farm. You yeah, know. a very busy pig. Yeah, mm. she has to milk the cows and, you know, feed the, sh- uh, feed the chickens and round, round up the, the sheep. sheep. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, got a, she's, she's a got working a lot of pig. She's oh, a very much a, gets her hands dirty type of character. Because I was really worried about Patty would be, you know, some sort of diva, you know, and mm-hmm. but it's great to she's hear very she's down, down to earth. earth. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Now I have to say I'm really happily surprised that there is a, a family friendly show at the Perth Fringe Festival because you know it's usually catered to adults. Mm-hmm. And reading your bio, you ask this very important question: Why should the adults have all the fun? So, what inspired you to make this show? Well, uh, it, it all started with, um, I'd had a background many years ago in actually um, managing and supervising kids' shows at shopping centres. Um, I used to actually be in pantomimes myself as, as a performer. Um, so, I've always wanted to do, create my own character. Um, and I'd gone to this fancy dress shop in Ellenbrook that was closing down. This is about, about a year and a half ago now. And I was looking for a, uh, to create a character. I didn't know what it was at that stage. So I'm walking around this uh, shop, looking at all these costumes, and there's very obvious ones there, you know, that are more Disney-branded, you know. Um, and I wanted to do something different, and I saw this costume, and I said, so how much for that costume to the person who was at the owner of the shop? And she said, oh, $100. So I said, oh, I'll give you 60 bucks for it. Um, she said, uh, sure, okay, no problem. So I purchased the, the pig suit for $60, um, just added some more um, elements to it, the overalls, yeah. the butterflies, the hat, and just built up the character from there. Yeah. Um, and then wanted to add an environmental theme because Patty the pig and Jenny come from a farm which is in the outskirts of Perth, and the farm backs on to um, Serpentine National Park. So the, the characters are very attuned to what's going on in the environment. So they have a very personal interest in it. And they want to come, and they, the whole is they come to Perth and they want to share that interest with young children. Um, because they, they're, they're very, very closely attached to the environment and what's going on. And maybe people here in Perth aren't so attached to it. So they, they bring their stories to Perth and then share that, share that experience that they have with the environment. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. and, to, and to hear about the environmentally friendly aspect, like... Like, um, you know, people listening to this must have seen, you know, it's, it, we need to do stuff right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Sir David Attenborough, you know, recently addressed, well, recently, a couple of weeks ago, addressed, you know, the United Nations mm-hmm. saying that it's one of the biggest crises. Yes. You know. What crisis is Paddy facing? What environmental... Um, I think it's the, the way the forests are changing and what's happening is, and you'll see this in the show about giving too much yeah. away, that... A character comes from the forest uh, and plays that messenger character, a bit like the mythological structure. You have certain characters that play certain roles. So a character comes to um, out of the forest to their farm, which is not a normal occurrence. So the, the character t- uh, informs Paddy and Jenny that something's going on in the forest. 
Um, and the person doesn't know what, what exactly is happening, but they've lost their home, which is perched in a tree. Okay, so they inform Patty and Jenny. Jenny and Patty, Patty and Jenny get on the case. Oh, yeah, they, they go and go, investigate. They go and investigate what's going on, and they find out what's happening. And people are chopping down trees illegally. People are leaving rubbish in the forest. Now, of course, when you chop down a tree, you're chopping down many animals' homes that are within that tree in that environment. And this is what's actually happening out there. Uh, so it's very realistic and very, um, very an accurate description of what's going on. And we want to say to the kids, hey, you know, like every time you see a tree, just imagine someone's home is in that tree. Um, it gives them a nice, simple basis to understand what's happening in the environment, how chopping down trees is impacting people's homes. Yeah, absolutely. Because I find the, the, the idea, like the pig, acts as a beautiful metaphor, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just very, like, to me, it's, it, Paddy makes, like, a very interesting, you know, environmental warrior, you know? It's, That's it. Yeah. And that was in, um, it's actually a part of, uh, it's in the, the show, in the script, where, and it's almost like you're, you can see what we're trying to achieve here, and you can almost picture it, but one of the lines in the show, without giving too much away, of course, we want people to buy tickets, <laughs> um, is where, like, the voice of God comes on at the end yeah. and says... You know, people who did did the wrong, as in cut down the trees illegally and left rubbish, they've, it was a character arc. They listened to this the voice of God um, and they said that they were going, they pledged to do better. Yeah. And then what happened was they even said that they would become, happily become nature warriors, protectors of Mother Nature. There's, that's the punchline. And this is what we want to instill in young children that they can be nature warriors as well. They can be protectors of Mother Nature because Mother Nature's given us so much we need to give her something back. And so it's a very uh, it's a very kind of a poignant theme, but we present it in a very fun way that kids will understand. Hello Terry We've seen recently, you know, with the the school kids protests, you know, last year, young people actually, I think in a way we don't uh, give them enough credit, you know, and they do care about what's happening to the world. I mean, you know, we're kind of looking at a slightly younger age group, but, you know, that's that's in a way where that message starts, Mm -hmm. you know. We've only got one planet. We have to take care of it through whatever action that is, you know, small or large or whatever. And the, generally the idea is that, you know, our actions have consequences and, you know, how can we yeah, make, make the environment and the earth feel better? How do we make it feel better? And that's in this, a lyric in one of the songs too. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it sounds really exciting. Now, doing my little bit of like um, research or a bit of Googling. Um, so Michael's wonderful to you. I did not know about your wonderful performance background like pantomime because I'm also from a pantomime background. Fantastic. So I'm like, oh, a fellow pantomime. Well, I don't know. It's, it's a, underrated, uh, you know. It's underrated. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it it's like kind of the good way to introduce people to, you know, not just like watching things on TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, in a way, like a lot of kids shows on TV are essentially pantomime on television all of the like Humphrey Bear and all that kind Mm. of thing it's the same thing you know they're like a suited character interacting Mm. with a human character and this kind of like slightly exaggerated ways of you know dealing with things but yeah it's a nice introduction into 
the arts, basically. Mm. Yeah. I'd say get them, get them while they're young. That's I, it. I, I think That's we it. just introduced, and, and I'm actually studying a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology at the moment, wow. and my last unit last year was Developmental Psychology, which takes you through the various life stages. It's interesting to read about um, what the media um, is presenting to children and how they say it's educational, and it can be a little bit dubious. Um, so we wanted to create a product that is definitely educational, that the message is clear, and the people who deliver the message are attuned to that message, being Patty and Jenny, who mm-hmm. live in, on the outskirts of Perth, near the forest. So they can, they can vouch for it. So when they come to town to tell their stories as such, you can, you can believe it, mm-hmm. you know, and you can have faith in what they say. Um, so I think there's a really, you know, when you talk about educational value, we wanted to have that strong educational value in the show. But having said that, the show was also heaps of fun. And <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget the fun element. Yeah, that's it. You know, it is. It's it's educational, but actually, you know, the main thing is that you know these characters are on stage, and you know, Mel and I are also friends from way back. So you know, we we have kind of history. Yes, together. I have to say, sorry, my very horrible introduction, Melissa Bamford. Bamford is performing. Correct. Yes. Um, yes. Is. Singing, dancing. The, Telling the story in a way. A triple thread. That's it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, you know, like these two people are also just having fun on stage. So, yeah, she's she's a very natural um, performer. You know, she runs uh, the Boogie Roos north, in the northeast suburbs. So, you know, it's uh, if you don't know what Boogie Roos is, it's like a kind of music and dance kind of program for kids basically age zero to five. And, you know, she's also spent her weekends kind of being a Disney princess, you know, for kids' parties. So she's basically born to do this. Um, yeah, so I think the characters on stage are quite relatable to the kids as well. Serena, research and Googling and uh, love of... <laughs> there's a lot on Google. There's a, there's a lot on Google because I was looking at your website and one of the things I was surprised about, because I have to say... And, here at the uh, Perthian Chronicles, we are very honest. Well, I want to be very honest, and my, my dad told told me about this show, and yes. it was and it's okay. And Patty the Pig, and, okay. It, it, I was I was shocked. I was interested at to see how it is a, a family friendly show because mm-hmm. I feel like we don't get enough of that at Fringe. But you are you are an independent artist, dancer, choreographer with multiple. Contemporary works. You worked on the Move Me Festival at Pika Institute, and you've recently worked with Dr. Elizabeth Dalman and George Shefsov on the Dust on Shortbread. So, what drew you to making this show with Michael? Uh, a little bit um, twisting the arm. And... <laughs> uh, and... I like the way she took her time in answering that. <laughs> Thinking about it. Um, no, but see, but also the thing is, you know. I mean, yes, I am an artist, but in a way, like, that kind of gives me a filter that I wouldn't do this show if it wasn't good. The twisting the arm is not enough to, like, convince me to do something that's not, you know, that's not worth my time doing. So, you know, I read the script and I heard the kind of early versions of the songs and kind of when it came to something that was, like, a kind of full show, I'm like, yeah, actually, I can see how... I can see this in as a as a work... And it's funny, I said this before, but what some people might not know is that I used to be the choreographer for Empire of the Sun back in the early days. So I spent my early days as a swordfish. 
Yeah. So, um, <laughs> in a way, it's like not so dissimilar <laughs> somehow. We're still in the animal kingdom, really, yeah, aren't we? It's just one's you know, in the water, one's on land. Yeah, we've come full circle now. Um, there are a few moves that have also made a reappearance. So, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's something it's something different. But, yeah, I have, I have done work in a kind of slightly more commercial realm and also done, you know, flash mobs and things for Propel and for City of Perth, like, way back in the early days. So, yeah, kind of brought those those experiences So we're all combining this. our wonderful forces and putting them together yeah. and creating this juggernaut. <laughs> Massive. Massive juggernaut <laughs> at Fringe. Well, if it's, if it's anywhere to do it, it you, you do it at Fringe. That's <laughs> I have to say. If you, a lot of I think that's there. Fringe's motto, actually. <laughs> you know, if there's anywhere, you know, do it at Fringe. <laughs> this is our world premiere. Let's not... This is the inaugural show. So mm-hmm. the, we've got uh, quite a strong trajectory there we're going to follow with this you know this is only the beginning mm. so there's a lot oh more watch out he's got his world domination hat on so now I, and i'm using the <laughs> and you can't see this of course i'm really getting the animation happening now and you if you could see me now you wouldn't yes, need to hear me um, you know michael's moving his hands out and about and oh it's hitting one eye <laughs> yes i'm doing the big movements the big movements yes yeah. um but no no look we're excited excited to, to bring something and i think that excitement um it covers many components, including educational aspect, entertainment, um, and enga- you know, engagement for a young audience, and but a family-orientated audience, as you say, is, is very important to have more of those shows. Did you have any hesitations making the show? Nil. Because uh, the only reason why I'm asking yeah. you this because, uh, look, uh, there's a part of me that is very, very naughty and very um, mm-hmm. cynical and. Mm-hmm. I don't know, for the people who are listening to this right now, um, it's good to have an environmentally friendly message. Yes. But does that mostly dominate, you know, the show? No. It's not not saying like... No. Like, it's not saying, you must become green, you must eat soy, uh, drink copious amount of almond Definitely not. Look, I think uh, a bit of thought has has gone into the show and the the writing of it and how to present those themes that are not uh, intrusive. And overbearing because it's we not are, preaching. No, we're, we're, we're targeting a young audience, so a lot of it's quite symbolic. It's through dance, through story, through song. So it's subtly blended in there to create a, a, a thread, but it's just a, a, a thin thread, mm. not a big thread. So it's not in your face. We're not protesting. Uh, we're just subtly sending a message. And I think key also to this is the parents. Um, wanting to get involved in the environment more and wanting to teach their kids, you know. And I thought about it the other day because it's it's like Ericsson's stage seven of of, of of development where it's generativity versus stagnation. So for me, it's generativity. It's not stagnating. I'm doing something, but I want to give something back. And I want to give to the generations that are going to inevitably surpass me um, and outlive me. Um, and this is my way of giving something back. Tell me what was that sound? Tell me what were those sounds tonight? Is this your first uh, foray into the Perth Fringe World Festival? Uh, yes. His, his first. It's my yeah, first, uh, but Serena's done it many times I, before. Yeah, I'm, I did uh, Life in Miniature in 2012, which was um, the dance work in a caravan, for those who might have seen it back in the day. 
we were the original caravan show. Munro and Associates totally stole our idea. I love, I love Last Grant Hunt, by the way. Hi, you know, love your work. Um, we did it first, though. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, yeah, I also had my solo show in 2015 and um, performed also at Adelaide Fringe and Sydney Fringe as well. So kind of done Fringe in other contexts. I've also worked at Fringe as front of house supervisor and box office supervisor as well. So I've kind of, yeah, been involved in one way or another. Fringe veteran. It's really hard to get the word out there. For sure. Say. It's getting even harder, to be honest, because <coughs> the thing the thing about doing Fringe in the early days was, you know, because we were involved like 2012 to 2015, and it was much smaller. 2012 was the first year that it was open access. Um, now it's the third biggest Fringe in the world in probably one of the smallest markets, you know, you know, behind the biggest one, obviously, is Edinburgh. Mm. Adelaide's been going for 40 years. Perth Fringe's only been going for nine. So, you know, it's... Mm. There is a... In a way, there is a kind of limit of audience size. Um, and there are 700 shows in Fringe. So, you know, yeah, it is, it is hard to get the word out. But, you know, we've been kind of doing some fun things over the weekend. We visited the Full of Fun Play Centre in Malaga. So mm. Patty and Jenny were hanging out with the kids... Um, we were Hillary's hanging out with the kids at Hillary's, yeah. yep. And we'll be we'll also be at the um, Inglewood Night Markets uh, on the 14th and the 21st of January. So, yeah. Just for the the young artists who, who listen to this series, one of the great strategies would be um, activation. So, like literally going out to totally. the, yeah. to the public and doing these sort of events. But you know, judging on which show, you know, I it can be tricky. Yeah. 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 Well, now it's it's funny because the first year we literally did no flyering at all. Now it's basically become standard that you have to flyer in order to get audiences, um, which has definitely changed. I mean, unless you're like a big name. You know, if you're someone that maybe the general public don't know or you don't have such a big network, that's kind of becoming more and more uh, important. But, I, I mean, I think partly the thing is that you need to have a good product or a unique product. So you need to have like a particular kind of angle to get any sort of cut through at this time of the year and be passionate about what you're doing. I think that helps. And I mean, you know, just go for it. To be honest, who cares if there's only five people that turn up? You know, maybe next time you'll have 10, maybe next time you'll have 50. You know, that's just the luck of the draw. You know, fringe audiences in Perth, it kind of audience averages around 40%. So... You know, it it can be it can be hidden miss, but it's still worth doing because then, you know, if you want to debut something new, it's a really great platform and one that you don't really get so much throughout the rest of the year to kind of burst something into the world and say, What do you think? <laughs> and see what happens. Launching pad. <laughs> and hopefully when people come see your show, they will be launched. Word of mouth. As well, yes, yeah. yes. Look, it's a lev. Look, I, I speak a little bit of a business term, but it's a leveraging exercise. So you leverage to leverage, and you start that building gets higher and higher. So we leverage to then get other uh, gigs with the Patty the Pig Story and Song Show at shopping centres, community events. Then we leverage to go to the next stage. So there's a trajectory there, and and Fringe is a great starting point. Yeah. And also, the good thing about Fringe is you have to you have to work not only uh, in your business or brand or show, you have to actually work outside as well to then, you know, to present the marketing. 
You know, so people, th yeah, we've got a great show, but who's going to know about it? Who's your target market? How do you reach that target market? So we've certainly, we're working, we've worked on the inside and creating the show, and now we're working on the outside and promoting it. <laughs> so Stop hitting with she me. loves my hand movements. Yes. My if only you can see it now. Passionate. Well, I was saying before, Caruso was a very famous Italian um, tenor. Um, <laughs> so it's great to see Michael speak with absolute passion. like families to take away from the show? A, a good laugh, a bit more care when it comes to the environment? Yeah. I think, um... I think, I think they, I think they will have fun. Have fun. I think that, um, mm. the songs are super catchy. You know, um, Mel's got a young daughter around five and, you know, also kind of some of her friends have seen like a few of the early, early runs and, you know, like, I mean, Maddie, Mel's daughter, has seen it 5,000 times, so, you know. <laughs> Not her, but her, her, although now apparently she thinks that she's in the show. We've rehearsed at their house so much. She, ah. So that's going to be pretty funny. <laughs> um, but her friends, you know, she was totally enthralled with what was going on and, you know, she was colouring at the table, but, like, the whole time she was watching what was happening. So I think that, like, the songs really have that kind of classic kids' catchy toe-tapping, mm -hmm. you know, wiggling kind of vibe to them. But I think to add to that also from the environment, of the, I think, because I had to think about it, I didn't want to rush into that answer. Right. What we want is for parents to go away, because parents will understand the, the environmental message more than the kids. The kids will have fun, they'll say, great, really enjoyed this. We want the parents to go home and think about the message and think about when, say for example, um, their child decides to uh, throw something that's recyclable into the normal bin and say, hey, you know what? that should really go in that bin over there. Or we should have a separate uh, bin to put the recycled stuff and just start, you know, um, nurturing their children and presenting that message. Uh, and then what that does is that keeps them attuned to what we're doing in the future and they want to come to more shows. They want to know what else we're doing. And we've got other great concepts we're going to introduce on Facebook to keep parents and kids engaged in the environmental message. So this is, when I say this is just the beginning, there's going to be a lot of great stuff happening to keep in tune. Just to let just to let everyone know, you can catch Pay the Pig Story and Song Show next weekend. You guys open next weekend. Yeah, sure do. At the Fairground Ibis Hotel. Tickets through Fringe World Festival website. Hopefully, yeah, I'll link it onto this podcast. So when it gets... You know, Fringeworld.com.au And all that jazz. And you're going to, yeah, next week, 19th, 20th of January, 11am, 1pm. And January the 27th at 11am. So a proper family show. Absolutely. Sure is. Guys, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. Much. Appreciate it. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 